Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Coming back to you back-to-back days. Awesome to be back here with the boys. Blaine and Johnny joining me, as always, for NFL Week 6. Had to delay our our, uh, post-game Chiefs recap episode due to being on Monday night. So here's why we have a couple episodes back-to-back. But the show goes on, as always. Fired up for week six. Looks like some there's some good games. Chiefs have an unbelievable matchup with the Buffalo Bills. We'll get to all of that. But as I alluded to, Johnny and Blaine join me. Johnny, we'll start with you. How you doing, buddy? Uh, talked to you 24 hours ago, but glad to have you back on. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Chandler. Uh, you know, I say this all the time, but like talking to you guys about football is one of, if not the highlight of, of my every day. And I'm, I'm not trying to be funny with that. Like, I just love talking football and to be able to, you know, talking football to people who don't know how to talk football sucks, but talking to you guys who obviously do know football, it's just amazing. Like, it's just all I want to talk about. And with the Chiefs having so much success with um, all the storylines around the league, like it just always shapes up for a really fun podcast as we look into week six. And even just saying that right there just kind of sends a chill up my spine. Like we're already six weeks into the, into the season. Like it just goes so fast and uh, you can't take it for granted. A lot of juicy matchups to get to. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, some on paper stinky looking matchups that actually now that I've dive, uh, dove into them uh, have some really cool storylines there too. So, yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, um, and I forgot to mention this in my uh, intro. We will be having a special guest joining the pod as well. Uh, we'll not introduce yet, but um, Blaine, how you doing, buddy? Looks like you're in a room that's that's got some red light to it. I really like that touch for the people that are listening. Uh, Blaine looks like he's in a Chiefs heaven, really. Chiefs heaven, basement. Blaine, how I are we, buddy? Doing great, doing great. Yeah, basement has the light that changes, so I have it red now. Now, for every podcast, I'm just going to be Chiefs minded red. But no, I, Johnny, you you kind of made me a little bit. Uh, you pulled at my heartstrings there. This is like, this is week six NFL goes by fast because we love it so much. Soak it up. Enjoy listening to this. Enjoy. We enjoy doing it. it doesn't get much better. You get it once a week for how many more weeks, and then it's gone again. So <laughs> let's keep soaking it up. Yeah, it'll be over before we know it in February, and then we won't probably have a football pod until we do our division re or division previews, which we're probably going to have to do for the next foreseeable future. I'd have to say because that was a lot of fun, um, and draft previews as well. But um, as we've been doing the past uh, five weeks now, we're going to go. We're going to give the listeners a little bit of a recap or what, uh, one thing we took away from week five. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. Um, my takeaway from week five is out West. And I think that in my mind, outside of uh, just as a football fan, um, this 49ers team, I don't think we took a lot of credit or excuse me. I don't think we gave a lot of credit or um, maybe didn't provide the listeners as much of an understanding about how good this team can be, because I think through five weeks, boys, they are really good. And honestly, they're the best team in the NFC West. I would say by far, um, I know they played Carolina last week, but they've been playing really good football. This team believes, I think, in Jimmy G. And uh, he's not he's not turning the ball over. Niners are winning games. And it, as, as much as I hate to admit it, Chiefs, big one this week. We go to San Francisco next week. So they're on my mind a lot. Um, and the Niners, for me, my takeaway from week five, 
damn good. John, let's go to you. Buddy, uh, Chan, you cannot say we were down on – or not as high. Blaine and I, I I'm pretty sure – you know uh, what? I'm, I don't remember I'm really it that sure. way. <clears throat> per sources, I, uh, per sources yes. Bl- Blaine and I both had them as a playoff team, according to the Figure It Out podcast's Instagram, and you didn't. So uh, Maybe it's just me. On. Yeah, it, you cannot lump both of us into there. Because... I just thought that we might have been more of a family than you're leading on here, Johnny. I thought <laughs> we were a podcast family, and here it is. I'm just, okay, so let me retract. I messed up. <laughs> Niners are good. uh yeah they uh and they got to get healthy and stuff like that but that's definitely a team that could be in consideration uh, in the nfc anyways my takeaway is i said a couple weeks ago my takeaway was that we could watch as much football as we want um you know the three of us watched enough football for like a village of people and we don't know the rules of football and we never will to piggyback off of that it doesn't help when we have inconsistencies in officiating every single weekend, like it is infuriating the level of misunderstanding in this league from person to person, right? Let's just take the chiefs game. For example, like obviously everyone is aware that that is not roughing the passer on Chris Jones. The only person that it it doesn't matter though, because the person who's in control was Carl Sheffers and he still was doubling down saying it was roughing the passer. And that, and that's just a problem. You look at some of the plays earlier, like there were two passenger pass interference calls on the chiefs defensive backs guarding Devontae Adams. Um, The first one was probably a pass interference. The second one, I think was not pass interference. It was severely underthrown and Devontae like grabbed the back of Jalen Watson's helmet. The, regardless though, if you asked maybe you guys what you, what you thought about those, you might think one of them is pass interference and one of them is not. You might think both are. You might think both aren't. We're just to a, a point in this in this game where it is so scrutinized um, that, that missed calls, uh, questionable calls by the officials are just magnified so much. And it's just frustrating how, and I know it's not a black and white football game. Like I know it's not this or that. It's not ball or strike safe or out like baseball, but there's just so much gray area that it leads to a lot of frustration, which I'm sure you can hear from, from my voice right now. So that's my takeaway. Yeah. Before Blaine goes, saw a stat today. I believe if I have my numbers correct, that roughing the passer calls are down 45% or something like that through this year so far. And it really, I mean, I know it's fresh in our mind and it's, it's just happened to us, but it doesn't really feel like that. And that's, I feel like that feeds into your point, Johnny of. Well, um, no Chandler it's, it's, I think the reason that roughing the passers are down is because look at the first two sacks from the chiefs game. They just get to the quarterback and both teams did this. You get to the quarterback and you just hug him and that's it. Like the sack is almost like, it's almost like there's an overarching initiative from the league to kind of, weed out the sack right and so um i hate that because i think sacks are fucking sacks are sex <laughs> sacks are sex sacks are sex i love sex <laughs> <laughs> well nice. said blaine well and by <laughs> the way blaine fresh off of vacation Feels a little spry tonight, Blaine. Good vacation, my guy. No, it's just I I thought I heard that out of Johnny. Did I not? No, I guess I am. But 
I guess I'll go ahead and go with my takeaway as we're on. I mean, right now at this time in the NFL, the clear favorites are finally emerging, and I apologize to Eagles fans. It it's here. I mean, I I'm I'm surprised. Eagles 49ers are up there. Vikings Bucks in the NFC. Packers really taking a dip, but then. Like here comes the Giants. Just my real takeaway is there's been a lot of little switch around over the last two weeks that have solidified teams at the top of of being, you know, four win teams. Congrats to the Giants. Uh, Bengals got some work to do. Ravens look pretty good as as we might have thought, but a few teams are slipping in there and making some surprises so far this year in the NFL, and it's it's making it a lot of fun. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 my real takeaway is just Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, 49ers, Vikings, Bucks, Ravens, Bengals. Like, those are your guys right now to watch. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm surprised that you're that high on the Bengals. I mean, Super Bowl contender. Yeah, right? no, I, I don't – I'm not necessarily going to say that, but you can possibly see it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I need to apologize to Eagles fans, uh, myself as uh, myself included, especially to uh, my old strength coach mike consolvi he's a he's an active listener and uh my apologies go out to you because the eagles are legit it seems like however i do think that their game against dallas could be sneaky and a really good sunday night game but we'll get to that um later on in the show now it is time to jump into the nfl week six slate and before we do that we start out with one of the best bears fans i know a phenomenal friend of the program, recurring guest on both the football show, I believe, and the regular show. Don't know if that's true. Regardless, we now welcome on number 77, Jordan Turner, big Bears fan. Uh, he's going to talk to us. You know what, Jordan? Um, we'll introduce you this way. Give us your overall state of the union with the Chicago Bears through five weeks. Turner, the floor is yours. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Um... State of the Union for the Bears. Uh, it can be summed up into basically two words. No offense. All right. <laughs> the fact that it's been one of the longest and oldest organizations in the entire NFL. All right. And we have still yet to land a quarterback. I mean, yeah, Justin Fields last week, 15 of 21, 208, touchdown. Not bad. Not great. The dude has like, what is that now? 49 completions on the freaking year. Are you kidding me guys? I mean, what who, first two picks this year, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon hasn't defended anybody this year. He's just been getting toasted game after game. Aaron Rodgers picked on that poor kid all Sunday night. And I'm glad the whole world gets to watch the bears once again on prime time for some reason, back to back weeks too. You get us Monday night as well, guys, we get Thursday night with the commanders bang Monday night or Sunday night. I forget which one it is coming up to back-to-back weeks. So the fact that I'm sorry really is what I want to say <laughs> to everyone that has witnessed the bears play offense this year, uh, has witnessed the bears play offense any other year. Um, and, and I really appreciate you guys kind of holding it down for us bears fans, not being too mean because you guys, you know, you're, you're always on point with it, and it's hard to talk about the Bears and not be mean, but you guys do a good job of making it a little tender for me. That's, I appreciate that. So two and three in the league so far of the 2022 season. Um, what's what's your prediction for the for the final record? Hmm. 
you know, I, I put the line at six and a half before the season, and I think that's probably the damn good a, line. It seems about like. I, I, at this point, I'm going to take the under. Um, I'd probably put them right at six, five or six. I think we surprised everyone with our week one win against 49ers, but we've not surprised anyone with who we've been the last few weeks. Um, you know, if we come out and we really play flat against Washington, I just, it'd be hard for me to really be in um, optimistic, I guess, about fields, about Eberflus um, going forward. If we can get to six or seven wins and things look, Oh, right with fields and things seem to be turning that corner then maybe, but in this, in this league, I mean, look at what the Cardinals did. I'm not saying, you know, Kyler Murray, some freak now, but they had Josh Rosen next year. They had a new coach dude said, see, I need Murray. And just like that, they got a new franchise quarterback. So, you know, I don't think we have time to wait around anymore, especially yeah. with guys like Herbert Mahomes coming in right away and just killing it. Yeah, and let's uh, let's get into that Washington Commanders at the Chicago Bears matchup tomorrow night, seven fifteen on Amazon Prime. Um, before the season, this podcast had a lot of high hopes for the Commanders, and they just look like an absolute shell of themselves. Take on the Tennessee Titans last week. Carson Wentz had a chance to be some sort of hero, and again, he throws just a back-breaking interception. Um, you just you just don't know when it's going to happen with Wentz. I mean, it can happen on legit any single play. And because of that, I like the Bears in this position. Um, Washington's defense is nothing to really scare me in terms of going up as an offense. Now, I understand the Bears' ineptness on offense, but um, it's, it's a decent chance for them to maybe gain a little confidence, a little momentum against a defense that doesn't seem to have a lot of confidence in their offense. And that is very tough to play as, um, I, my, my, I'm going to ride with the bears Turner's on the pod. I've been riding with the bears. I think the last two weeks, um, it, it's been good for me, Johnny, we'll start with you, your thoughts on this game, um, coming up tomorrow. First off, Turner, it's so great to see you, man. It's been too long. Uh, too. kudos to you for being able to just still be a fan of the bears. Uh, I, I say this a lot. I have a lot of people in my life back home in Kansas city who are bears fans and, you know, I want them to do well. I think that's why they make me so angry because it's like, it's not my team, but my P it's my, my people's team and bears fans are good fans. And the organization just continues to do them dirty. Um, the line right here is a pick em. I, I like the Bears to win here. And it's 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 not exciting. Um, but I feel I feel vindicated by being right that the commanders suck. Preseason, Blaine and Chandler both like convinced me mid-podcast to be out on the Eagles and in on the commanders. I did that for a few weeks. And then before the season started, I came to my senses, realized what I had done, changed that around. And thank God I did that because the situation in Washington is, is horrible. Um, I think Ron Rivera could soon be out of a job there in his media availability this week. He said some words that weren't in full support of Carson Wentz, his quarterback. Then, of course, he walked some of those back. But you know the locker room hears that stuff. And when you're one and four, like, that's the last kind of distraction uh, that you would need um, in there. And so, uh, I, you know, the only thing I think in Washington's favor that's a cool storyline uh, is this Brian Robinson deal. Uh, they introduced him to the fans last week. 
Um, of course, he's the guy who got shot, but they were playing 50 cents many men yeah. as he was coming out on the field was so sick. But other than that, I've got no confidence in this commander's team here. I know that uh, Bland and Chandler probably do, and I'm uh, looking forward to hearing that stuff. But, uh, but yeah. Oh, the other play that I liked was um, the over-unders 38 and a half. Since 2020, totals with 38 or fewer points, um, the under is seven and one. So uh, I think the under and bears is is what I like here. We'll go to you, Blaine. No, <clears throat> no, I'm sorry. Turner, I, I hope you're doing well too. Good to see you, but I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm all in commanders here, all in commanders. I think that the comment that Ron Rivera said what happened in the press conference was when Wentz threw that bad pick in the game, lose the game. Ron Rivera said, "What's your, you know, what's your problem?" He said, "Quarterback." Period. Said nothing else. So then backtracked it. But everyone in that locker room, I'm taking a different view. Is this is Carson's chance here on prime time against the Bears, against a, you know, a secondary that gave up what almost 80 percent completion to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings to, you know, throw it across the yard at Curtis Samuel and. And some of the guys that that Washington has as weapons, I think that the commanders can put up a lot of points here. I love the commander's spot. Ron Rivera's very smart. I believe in what he does and has done in his past. I think he's going to rally his guys. And after a kind of mishandling of the media and of last week, they might kill Chicago. I'm sorry, Turn. Uh, you know, no, go ahead, Jenner. It just, I don't know though. I mean, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for that argument because I think Ron Rivera says that it could derail them. I mean, the commanders have some of the best weapons in the, in the league, quite frankly, and they just don't have anybody that can give them the ball. Turner, give us your thoughts on this matchup. Um, well, you know, sorry to cut you off. I don't know if you had something else to say there, but you're good. I, and that's kind of what I said earlier. The Bears have to come out and, you know, like you said, the Washington defense doesn't scare me. The Bears defense scares me because they're the 32nd ranked rush defense in the league. But the the Washington commanders are a team that it, it seems like they just play to whoever they, they play that week. It, they're never really getting blown out. Um, they're never really uh, scaring big teams, you know, but they always seem to hang in there somehow. Um, <clears throat> like the Titans. Like the Titans, yeah, or, or even um, uh, the Lions game, you know, and the Lions now, that, at the time, that looked more, you know, better for the commanders that they played close to the Lions. Now the Lions are what they are. But the thing about, and kind of like what Blaine said, the Bears are going to make Carson Wentz look pretty dang good. 17 straight completions by Kirk Cousins? Guys. I hate to say that. I, I know, and hey, you guys have been – all over Blaine, rightly so, for his performance last time he put up in primetime, and then give it up to the Bears to just make him look like the best quarterback that's ever played quarterback <laughs> in the history of the game. I mean, unbelievable to watch the start of that game, 17 in a row. I, it just – and I've got Carson on fantasy, so, I, I, you know, I might not be that mad about it if he really goes off, but I've got a two-quarterback league. Don't worry, I've got Lamar above him. So the, the thing about it is it's not going to be – you know what? You know, just for the sake of the pod, I'm going to take the over. I think yes. that I think that both teams have subpar defenses. I think the Bears run the ball really well. I don't think Washington has the ability to stop them too much. I think Justin Fields is showing some improvement, and if 
Getsy can please just let him loose a little bit more. Play action, dump over the top. I mean, hit the run, hit the run. David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and then take a shot with Darnell. We saw the kind of plays that guy can make last week in Minnesota. If we just give him more opportunities to get that kind of relationship going with Justin of, hey, throw it up, I'll make a play. I think that can really help our offense. And like you said, Chandler, our defense that's not playing to keep it close because they they have a little confidence in the offense. So 38, that's a pretty, that's a pretty dang low line and seven and one against the low spreads kind of scares me, but I think that both teams could come out and both teams can put up points against each other. Yeah. I think, I think, I think for one thing we can say is I do think this game will be a lot more exciting than last Thursday. Turner, we really appreciate you coming on here and giving us your bears take. Uh, I have to do this maybe uh, in a couple of weeks too, to see where the union is at that point. Um, Turner, before we let you go, final score tomorrow. All right. So I took the over at 38. So I don't want to make myself look stupid and be like 17, 10. So I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> mm, let's get optimistic here. I'm going to go 31, 24 bears. Nice. Wow. Nice. We're rooting for points tomorrow. This could be really interesting. It'd be awesome. Awesome to have that. Uh, I would watch every second of that. Turner, we appreciate it, brother. Have a great night. Okay. Thanks guys. It was good to see you guys. Good, yep, to see, good you. to see you. Too, buddy. Yeah. Great yeah. stuff. Man, that was awesome. Awesome the for uh what a awesome guy. to have yeah, awesome to have Turner on with us. I really appreciate that. Johnny, did I cut you off? Yeah, but you're good. The Bears are wearing all orange. Did you guys see that? Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't God. mind it. I don't mind oh, it at all. I do. Oh, I mind it a lot. Last I want to say this one thing too, and then we we talked a lot about the Bears there. We have a lot of games to get to, you know. You know, I wasn't really trying to throw shade to Rivera because of his comment because he's right. Right. I mean, he's he's right. It's just like that's the kind of shit that can piss off a locker room or maybe your quarterback. And Wentz seems to be the guy to me that doesn't rise. He kind of gets pissed off and crumbles. So I mean, but he's totally right. I mean, he's getting outplayed by Daniel Jones um, and other and Cooper Rush. Right. Yeah. But he but he has the third most completions in the NFL. They can't run the ball very consistently. If they can get Gibson or Brian Robinson going, I think they have the chance to put up a lot of points against a, a Bears defense that's just kind of suspect. So, I'd like, like I said, I think it's going to be a good game, and I, I think Washington can just score better. That, that, yeah. That's my Should be a phenomenal Thursday night game. Let's get to Sunday slate. Here we go. We're jumping in hot and heavy. Thanks to Turner. Uh, that was a lot of fun. San Francisco, team I talked about from week five. Um Heads to Atlanta this weekend to take on the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Johnny, I believe your Falcons are now six and zero against the spread. Is that correct? Five, I mean, yeah, five and zero. Or five and zero. Yeah. Sorry, five and zero. Yeah, don't count the preseason game. Um, but what a performance by them on on Sunday, and they were just they were right there neck and neck with the Chiefs getting absolutely screwed um, with a roughing the passer call. We won't. Uh, we won't get into that much. We'll, we'll focus forward here, but Atlanta's just, they're scrappy. They are not out of any game and they're kind of like the commanders in the sense that they really kind of play up to their competition. I mean, they are a worse football team than the Buccaneers by far. And they only lost by six or what it was 15 to 21. Correct. So it, it doesn't, this game scares me for the Niners. I know that it might be a little hypocritical of what I just said about them through five weeks, but something about me is kind of wanting to jump on the train with Johnny. Um, the Falcons, I'll take them to cover whatever the spread is. Um, I do think the Niners win, though. Blaine? 
Yeah, I I I kind of got to ride it too. I mean, whenever somebody's five and zero against the spread, you'd you'd be remiss not to do it. And Niners are kind of facing some some big sufferers um, on the injury report after last week. So looking down, you you lose quarterback Mosley, safety Ward, Bosa still banged up. Um, yeah, Robbie Gold, the kicker. Yeah, it it's just like something about it seems a little bit like they may be not losing steam, but you catch Atlanta, a tough team to beat in a spot where you're a little banged up. It's it's not going to be easy. So you might as well take the five and a half and go ahead and ride the Falcons, who, <laughs> I mean, you just got to ride. Yeah, five and a half here. I absolutely love that for Atlanta. Great line. Johnny? Yeah, this team is so much fun to bet on, and the lines have been crazy. It's I think this line is is too much here. I love the Falcons plus five and a half. If you wanted to get crazy, I mean, this team's been close in all of these games. Atlanta plus 205 on the money line, just if you think, you know, if you think they can corral whatever running back is in the backfield for San Francisco, not that it matters because what the Shanahan's do with running backs is so impressive. I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. is just running in wide open running lanes and it doesn't matter who the Shanahan's put back there. They're going to have success. But if you think the Falcons can corral that running back somewhat and then get to Jimmy G, this could shape up for a Falcons win here. I'm, I'm going to have to see how I feel on Sunday morning if I'm going to go for that. But uh, plus five and a half is, is just a lock for me this week. You got to let it ride because it's, it's so much fun. Um, the Falcons are wearing red helmets this week. Their, their uniforms, just their uniform circulation is just so sick. The throwbacks or the all black uniforms, like they just, you know, but Mariota's not very good. So like the, the <laughs> success, like the, the overall success might not be there, but certainly against the spread, it's, it's been really fun. Um, yeah. Look for that Bosa groin injury news. I'm curious to see if he will play. He makes a huge factor if he will play or not, but, uh, Falcons plus five and a half. Lock it in for the Johnny Rowe Falcons. Love it. New England goes on the road to take on the Browns. Interesting game here. Had he told me at the beginning of the year if it was going to be Mac Jones versus Jacoby Brissett, I would probably not be as interested. But guys, might be in on Zappy. He's got a little zap to him. He's got a little. He's got a little energy to him, and they're kind of throwing the ball around the yard. The Patriots are playing well. Uh, they just w- murdered the Lions. Wow, we'll get to them. Or maybe we won't get to them. I think they might be on a bye. Yeah, they are on a bye. Um, but good Lord, they are bad through five weeks. We really I, – I, I definitely missed big time on them. Um, so this Patriots team's coming to Cleveland with a lot of confidence um, and a lot of, you know – I mean, when you have Bill Belichick, you know he's going to draw something up. And can Jacoby Brissett – dissect the bill belichick defense i'm just worried but on the flip side of that i think cleveland lines up and tries to run the ball 30 times i don't know why they wouldn't and get into play action and make it easier on jacoby um with it being at cleveland i think i put a little stock into that zappy going on the road here uh has has the uh has the luck ran out we'll see i'm gonna go cleveland here at the end of the day they have a better quarterback um and i think they overcome bill belichick and his defense johnny um, <laughs> I love New England here. Uh, I think I just this is this is the kind of guy that they want at quarterback to operate the way that Bill Belichick wants it to operate. Um, I think this game is kind of gross, like Browns and Patriots. Like, good, good lord, Bill Belichick. Um, 
drafted and used to uh, and used to spend a lot of time with Jacoby Brissett. So I think he'll probably know how to scheme things up against him. Good tidbit. And on the Browns side of things, like, you know, it doesn't matter what Belichick does on defense, though. You can't scheme against Nick Chubb. He is incredible, unbelievably efficient. You know, people are like, I, I wish they would give him the ball more. Why? I mean, the, the amount of time they give him the ball now is perfect. The way that Kareem Hunt can spell him is perfect. Perfect. Whenever Chubb is out there, he is just so fresh. The way he runs, the patience, the burst, the balance, the speed, it's all just incredible. But I'm um, getting two and a half points here. I just, I kind of like that for, for New England. Uh, one note on them, they obviously want to run the football too. Damian Harris is out for the next few weeks. They love Ramondre Stevenson. He's going to be their three down back. Um, he had over 160 yards rushing last week. And so um, I, I pulled this stat. If you guys are familiar with DVOA, it's one of those nerd sites, but uh, it's defense adjusted value over average. Basically, they just watch every single play of the entire year and they just compare it team by team so that there's an average. And the Browns have the worst D in the league per DVOA so, uh, against the run. So I, I, I just like New England here, uh, plus two and a half. Um, but curious to see what you think, Blake. Yeah, I was going to bring up a stat uh, pretty similar that the Browns are giving up 5.3 yards a carry. Ramondre Stevenson, if you listen to our fantasy episode, guy I told you to get uh, late in drafts, he's been really good. What did he go for? Uh, 160 against the Lions last week. I mean, the Browns yeah. have to stop him because that's the clear way for the Patriots to win here. Of course, Zappi's been good, but what he's, I think he's thrown for uh, 99 and 188. Like, I mean, he, he can throw the ball, but if, if the Browns are able to stop the run, then we're getting a little too confident with the Patriots and what they're doing here. And I, I think really what you'll see here is Brissett is a serviceable, good enough quarterback to win this football game against Belichick. Three interceptions this year, all three within the last three minutes of the game um, throughout the year. He doesn't make many mistakes. The Browns will run the ball efficiently. Three here is, a, you know, I think a touchdown game that the Browns can win. They have a better roster, the better team. I'm not too confident on the Patriots right now. Just, just let me see it against the Browns here. I'm going to go ahead and take the Browns with the points. And um, I just think Brissett can be serviceable enough to win this ballgame. Guys, I have to apologize. I had to run. Uh, got a knock at the door. The Church of Latter-day Saints came by. <laughs> I am not making this up. My heart is in my stomach. I thought I was going to get a noise complaint from being on the Figure It Out pod. And uh, so... I really apologize for that. Glad you guys could take over. Where where do I need to be at right now? Yeah, I mean, you were perfect timing. I just got done finishing that I was going to take Cleveland, and we're on to the next. So let Perfect. Run. Well, let's get into it. New York Jets visit Lambeau Field. The Green Bay Packers coming off an embarrassing loss in London against the New York Giants. But that was a fun game. You know what we're going to miss this week, guys? The London game. Because it's two Sundays in a row where I've just rolled right out of bed and into the NFL day and we're not going to get that this week um but jets say what you want about anything they got going on this team kind of like the giants is finding ways to win games zach wilson 2-0 since he's been back um they're plus seven on the road against a team that offensively quite frankly is still a little inept right now they're running the ball better but rogers you know wants to throw the ball in 
I just don't like the connection with the guys right now. And New York Jets, spicy, spicy on defense. Sauce Gardner is going to cause all sorts of issues for those that receiving core. I think the Green Bay Packers win. I'm taking Jets plus seven. Blaine said I wouldn't do it this week in the in the text chain. I'm all over the Jets here. Johnny, what, what say you? Blaine, I think you're first, yeah? That's all right. Um, I guess, I, yeah, I'll go ahead. Favorite yeah. thing about this game, guys, it's getting overlooked. Who is the younger brother of Matt LaFleur? Mike LaFleur, the Jets' offensive coordinator. Revig mm. going two with the good offense. Packers a little bit skeptical. Jets riding a lot of momentum. Give me the younger brother. I love a good younger brother um, to scheme it up. Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, they look fun. I'm just, you know, I've seen some people tank the Packers in their ratings, um, even below 10, below down to 14, 15. Jets are climbing, got a lot of momentum. I hate that I'm going to take the Jets and Lambeau, but let's do it. Let, let, let's do it. I'll, I'll go Jets, and this is horrible for me because the Packers might blow them out. But, Johnny, I'm sure you might be picking the back. That was hilarious just to watch you realize what you had done. Like you just talked yourself into death. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, I'll take the Packers minus seven here. I think it's a great bounce back spot. I think the travel overseas um, kind of got them there. At, at, uh, very um, motivated Giants team. Some weird things happened in that game. Like right. I just think the, I think this is a good bounce back spot for the Packers. Uh, if you want to get crazy and go Jets to just win this game, plus 265 on the money line, incredible odds if you have the balls to do that. Um, Sauce Gardner is dope. I like I like what that defense is doing. But here's the thing. Like, I just do not believe in Zach Wilson. And I think an environment right. like Lambeau Field is going to get to Zach. Like, the Jets scored 40 points last week. And, and, and look, Zach didn't do anything to lose the game, but he really wasn't even involved. Yes, he had like a one-yard rushing touchdown, but throwing the ball, he was – 14 of 21 for 210 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. I mean, that's just like an that's a Game gross stat line that we would make fun of. And <laughs> um, I just, I, I just, yeah, I guess I need to see it more with Zach in big spots before I even believe they've won two in a row. They have some momentum, but um, you know, sevens, sevens a lot because of the how, how what's the word I'm looking for? Seven's a lot of points because the Packers aren't putting up a lot of points is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I just think that they can get back to their, their home cooking here and they can get the ball to Jones and Dylan and, and have some success. And I'm going to go with the older brother uh, getting the best of the younger brother here. Jacksonville heading to Indianapolis, the Jacksonville Jaguars, two losses in a row. Uh, Blaine, I think you called it. I believe it was you that nailed it last week with the uh, the Houston stat against the Jags. Yep. Stays true to its uh, to its history. And Jacksonville um, does not look good last week. And we know what the Colts did against Denver. Indy looks inept on offense. And I think that this Jaguars defense can get after Matt Ryan. I mean, he is a statue. And it's kind of a weird game because they played very recently. I believe two or three weeks. Or they, I believe they played week two. So just a month in between the matchups here, um, I've had, I work with a Colts fan, and he says that in his time, the Indianapolis Colts own the Jaguars in Indy. I think that the Jaguars lose their third in a row, and, uh, and Indy somehow finds a way to win. I mean, this game could be stinky, guys. This could be like a 13-10, 14-10 type of game. 
Um, I don't, I don't anticipate a lot of points in this one. Um, but give me the Colts at home. That's a tough place to play. Uh, Colts minus two and a half. I think you hammer that Johnny. Yeah, I, I, I'm struggling with the two and a half Chandler, but I'm basically in line with your thinking here. Um, so just for the listeners, I have officially abandoned the, the Jaguars. They're no longer the Johnny Rowe Jags. They have hurt me too much. Uh, even with the amazing analysis from Blaine last week about the Texans dominance over the Jaguars. I still threw the Jaguars money line into a six leg parlay where uh, that, where the Jaguars were the only leg not to hit, which killed me. And uh, that has officially ended my relationship with the Jaguars and uh, I hope that they choke and burn uh, going forward. So uh, I will take the Colts here, but I think it's going to be on the money line, and here's why. Uh, Jerome Boger is the ref, and I saw these following stats on uh, Pat McAfee's show today. Boger, of course, is the ref who called the Grady Jarrett roughing the passer. So, and, and, and he's Jerome Boger is also a ref, and this ties into my thought at the beginning about how these refs are so infuriating. Jerome Boger is also a ref that the NFL does not allow to do playoff games because him and his crew are so terrible. Um, he's in charge of this game. And since 2016, home favorites in divisional games are 18-3 and three on the money line, 86%. I firmly believe in that kind of shit. I think that maybe it's not in their pocket directly, but they're – that's not just a, a coincidence that the, that eighty six percent of the time home divisional money lines are hitting, and I think that there's going to be something to that here. So um, Colts money line is my pick. Another one is in those same twenty one divisional games, home teams are sixty four percent against the spread. Again, that both of those are per the Pat McAfee show, and Trevor Lawrence is just weird. It's just weird. The games he looked good, the games they won, he was super efficient, but didn't have any wow you numbers. And I just, this is the second time these teams have already played, which is very weird to say for week six, but I just like the Colts money line here, especially with those against the spread and money line facts blank. Yeah. The thing that worries me is it just, can the Colts get going? I mean, they haven't been able to at all. Matt Ryan is under insane duress at offensive line is, bad which we thought was going to be good and Matt just can't do anything and Trevor Lawrence last time they played two touchdowns 25 for 30 against Indianapolis they won that game 24 to nothing like I have a hard time overlooking a 24 to nothing win just a few weeks ago and you see him again I know the home I know the divisional I know teams change scheme can change up quite a bit but Something about me just after scoring six points last week and having two bad weeks, the Jaguars know they're better than that. Their defense can and has a ton of playmakers to shut Matt Ryan down again. I mean, he, Matt Ryan didn't score last time these two these two guys played. I, I'm going to go ahead and go Jags plus the points. It'll be a, I think it might be a one point game. That's why I hate the spread. Um, if I'm if I'm betting it, I'm teasing it up to hopefully eight with another that I'll say later on the pod, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tease Jags up, and that's the only way I'm betting it, but I'll go Jags. Love it. Minnesota travels to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins um, in a game that will feature Kirk Cousins versus Skylar Thompson, I believe, as we sit right now as we record this uh, podcast. And yet still, it's only Minnesota minus three and a half. And you want to know why 
It's because our boy Kirk Cousins is playing quarterback for the Vikings, and he flat out stinks. Um, say what you will about starting the game off 17 for 17 against the Bears or whatever it was. Uh, it was a seven-point game. <laughs> it was a seven-point game against a team that's really bad and a lot worse than this Miami team, and they're going to have to go down to, to Miami where it's going to be hot and something tells me that Kirk is a huge wuss when it comes to the heat, honestly. I feel like he might be throwing up on the sidelines somehow, doing something weird. I'm all over the Dolphins here. Said I was never going to take the Vikings ever on this show. Continues this week. And quite frankly, I think Skylar Thompson can beat the Minnesota Vikings uh, because of who he's going against on the other side. So, Blaine, we'll turn this one over to you. I know you'll be complete contrarian to what I said, but give me the Dolphins all day, plus three and a half. At home? Come on now. That's disrespectful, Dolphins. Get up for this. You're taking Skylar Thompson over the four and one Minnesota Vikings, who are really good. I mean, they're not really good, might be a stretch, but they're one of the best teams in the NFC. Hard pressed to not say that. I can't do that. I got to go, Kirk. I, I know the Heat and Dolphins back home after a horrible loss to the Jets. But, I mean, the Jets ran away with that game because the Dolphins struggled to run the ball and Skyler couldn't do a ton, threw a pick for 166, 29 quarterback rating. I, I, I think the Vikings are going to be just fine. I think they're going to score. I think they're going to be able to limit what Skyler does. Their defense is good enough to hold them to what, uh, you know, within that, within that three and a half. I'm surprised it's this low with a third stringer. You don't ever bet on a third stringer. Good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm with Blaine, uh, three and a half Minnesota. And if this was a fully healthy Dolphins team, I would be thinking completely differently, but yeah, third string quarterback, Teron Armstead has not, did not practice today. He's got a toe injury and it's not looking good for him this week. So mm. third string quarterback left tackle out Zadarius Smith on the other side. No, I am not doing that. Uh, not. Nah. And so, um, you know, with all due respect to Skylar Thompson, seventh round pick, like, you know, that's very impressive that he, you know, he did well in the preseason that the coaches have him in there, but it's just not going to happen. And I think Minnesota is going to break a 46 year drought here. Minnesota has not beaten the Dolphins in Miami since 1976. Wow. And so that is uh, the the stat that's going to be broken this weekend. Minnesota travels well. I guarantee you, there's some Minnesotans, Minnesotans, that are getting their last vacation to somewhere warm before it gets brutally cold up north, and they'll be traveling down to Miami and they'll they'll take care of business here uh, against the Dolphins. Cincinnati Bengals go to the New Orleans Saints in a game that I am going to say is going to be a very scrappy game. New Orleans, a scrappy team. Not really for sure what their identity is, um, but we know that they have a really good defense. Uh, I'm very curious to see this matchup in the secondary with the Saints secondary versus the Bengals wide receivers because it should be a lot of playmakers on both sides and can get a little frisky back there in the secondary. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that matchup, but I think the Bengals, I think Blaine kind of hit something in his and what his takeaway from week five, where the Cincinnati team might be getting the train going a little bit. Very difficult place to play. This would be a giant win for them to go on the road here. A huge season boosting win, in my opinion. I think they have a lot more to play for than New Orleans, but 
I do want to say something about New Orleans. I think that they somehow are – I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they somehow are around at the end where if, like, a couple teams lose and they win and some weird scheduling things happen, it happens every year, they somehow backdoor their way into a seventh, maybe even a sixth seed. You never know. Um, but I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals here on the road. I believe it's minus one and a half per Johnny Rowe. Thank you for that. Um, and Bengals for me. Is it Blaine? I don't remember. It's you, Johnny, but uh, I, I can go ahead. I, yeah, I'm, go. Just re- I'm just really worried about Jarvis Landry didn't practice. Michael Thomas didn't practice. Marshawn Lattimore didn't practice. Chris Olave has a concussion. I, you know, Jameis Winston still ankle limited. I have a hard time betting New Orleans just simply because of that with Cincinnati's ability to A, already stop that, but then B, C, maybe some backups if these guys don't play. I think Cincinnati might um, firmly plant their foot here, win this game a little bit. Now, Handley's bad because you don't go into the Superdome and do that, but I think they win, and I'm picking that spread. I maybe even money line Cincy plus the spread and maybe move that spread down on, on a teaser if I might be doing it to to give Cincy like five or six. Um, I, I think Cincy might win handle. I haven't seen anything about Jameis either. Have y'all? I don't know if y'all have. I'm not sure what the deal is with Jameis Blaine. Have you seen anything there? Yeah, his back and ankle still limited. It's it's a, it's a toss up, but I don't want to do toss up Jameis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Their utilization of Taysom Hill is incredible, though. I mean, four touchdowns, I believe, last week. Um, one throwing, three on the ground. Like, I, They're a weird one's, team. The Saints are this so This one's really weird. tough for me, yeah, because I was all over the Seahawks last week against the Saints, and the, the Saints got the best of me there. Um, the Olave concussion is a big deal, I think. He's a great player. He had a weird touchdown last week that where he got the concussion. I'm sure you guys saw it. I don't know how they ruled that a touchdown. Anyways, that's that's beside the point. Uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are returning to Louisiana here. If you like some narratives, um, of course they went to LSU. I'm I'm curious about T Higgins too. You know, going into last week, if you had him in fantasy, you got crushed because there was really no uh, talk of him being on a snap count count going into the game against the Ravens, and then, like, in the first drive, he sprained his ankle and he goose-egged for you in fantasy. So I'm curious about that. Um, I'm curious how they're going to use Taysom Hill or how teams approach, because it's like he he barely plays on offense, right? And when he's in there, he is going to have his hands on the ball. And what's amazing is he's incredibly efficient. Like, he's just a – He's just a football player because in that same game, I believe he also recovered a fumble on, on special teams. <laughs> so like this guy is just, this, this guy's ridiculous. And he went to, and he's a, didn't he, didn't he go to BYU? Didn't he just yeah. bang on your door Chandler? I think yeah, Jason was the one who was at your door. Yeah. So um, that, that was just a whole lot of nonsense. So I could subconsciously make a pick here. Cause I didn't have one coming into this, but I'm going to go Bengals here, minus one and a half, although I think this game has weird written all over it. Yeah. Baltimore goes and takes on the New York Giants in New York City. Um, I'm all over Baltimore here. I think the Giants are getting ready to run into a quote-unquote buzzsaw. Now, the only thing I will say is that Baltimore's defense 
has looked suspect, but looked really good last week. I know that the Bengals didn't have T Higgins, but they still had their dynamic weapons, got up to the quarterback, held them to 17 points. And if you can hold the Bengals offense to 17 points, you can flat get after Daniel Jones um, in the pocket here. I don't really know how the Giants are four and one, but it really does say something that they're winning football games in my mind. I do think that this game can be competitive early, but I just think that Baltimore is too much. Lamar is too much. And they make too many plays here um, at MetLife. Um, I'm all over the Ravens here. It's Johnny's turn. Sorry for messing that up. Johnny Baltimore at the New York Giants. Uh, Ravens are five and a half point favorites in this one, guys. Uh, just, you know, the Giants are surprising everybody. I believe that at four and one, they have now matched their win total from last season totally. I believe they only won four games last year. So, you know, to me, that means Brian Dable is the right guy. Uh, Brian Dable, you can tell like the way he talks to the guys on the sideline, just the I think a lot of the time with coaching, like you either have it or you don't, and you can tell early on, like how we can tell Nathaniel Hackett just doesn't have it. We can tell in the same amount of time that Brian Dable does have it. So, um, you know, the, 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 the giants get a, a huge win last week. Now they get to come home and play the Ravens. Blaine, part of me really likes giants plus five and a half in this spot. I don't know if they'll win the game. If, if you think they do, they're plus two Oh five on that, but just like Lamar on the road, like not very far away, but like I, I for something about me wants to bet uh, the giants plus five and a half here. And before I kick it over to you, and I, I do want to hear what uh, you're going to say here, like two more points I have to make uh, one, that video of the giants trainer rubbing that guy's fucking thigh and looking like he was jerking him off was hilarious. I mean, that is one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. And you know, that the people overseas were just cracking up at that. And the second point is, I legitimately think if I had a first round pick, like if I had a, an NFL team and it was like a, you know, a regular draft, 32 picks, not like a fantasy draft. And I'm starting a franchise. I am strongly considering drafting Justin Tucker in the first round to start my franchise. Like this guy is an absolute cheat code. And I don't know if you guys caught the audio of him talking after the game about the process that they have and how there's no nerves involved because if you execute the process, it's a guaranteed result. Like the way this guy kicks is revolutionary. And uh, I think he's amazing. Okay, Blaine, I got to hear what you think about plus five and a half. Yeah, I got, I, I want to love it because what Dable's doing is really fun. The video of him leaving London and being so fired up about his giants um, being four and one was awesome. But I mean, they lost to the Cowboys. They beat the Bears. They beat the Titans week one, who Titans started slow. And they beat the Panthers. You know, it, it's not strong. And when you look at what Baltimore has done, I mean, it's completely different schedule. Beating Miami, beating uh, the Bengals – or not beating Miami, excuse me, beating the Bengals, Patriots, and, and then playing close games with the Bills and Dolphins. It's just battle-tested. Way, way more battle-tested. I think if this game comes down to it, um, Ravens are going to be able to run the ball and do what they want to do. Giants are giving up 130 yards per game on the ground, which is at the bottom of the NFL. Something about me, like I said, wants to take big uh, Dable, but just the back of my head says the Ravens are clearly the better team. I don't want to regret it next week. I got to go uh, with Harbaugh 
here and, and the better players, the better team and the Baltimore Ravens. Tampa Bay goes on the road to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting matchup here. I don't think so. I think Tampa Bay murders the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is an absolute shell of itself. Um, they can't run the football. Their offensive line is not very good. Without T.J. Watt, their defense regresses mightily. Um, I think Tom gets after them, throws it around the yard a little bit, lets Leonard kind of do his thing. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh, Buffalo's good. We know that. And we'll talk about them here in a bit. But good God. I mean, they just got absolutely boat raced. I don't think that this franchise has any confidence right now. Um, you know that the fans will show up for this team. But Tom's been there before. He knows how to win in Pittsburgh. Um, Tampa Bay is the better team. And honestly, I think the biggest matchup is this Tampa Bay defense, maybe getting back on a little bit of a dominant track, and they're going to be able to get out their picket. Um, I don't love it at all for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Uh, give me Tampa Bay, Blaine. Yeah, give me Tampa Bay too. And I, I hate that. I, I will say this. I picked Pittsburgh as a playoff team. And I don't want it to be undermined that Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace, and Micah Fitzpatrick did not practice. I mean, those are your three best players outside of Bosa and um, your defensive line across the defense line, great defensive line. But they're so banged up, they have no chance here. I mean, you haven't for a couple of weeks. Whenever Bosa was out, that this whole team – T.J. Watt. Or T.J. Watt, excuse me, of course, just completely washed. I mean, Kenny Pickett's not good enough. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to be good enough for weeks to come. This game's not going to be close. I mean, Tampa Bay, just you have to pick them here. Yeah, not not much for me, guys. If you want to go crazy, Pittsburgh plus 290 on the money line. I mean, that sounds like lighting money on fire. Uh, the remaining okay. strength of schedule for the season, you know, and with, you know, Mike Tomlin's never had a sub 500 record. Uh, I think this is going to be the year because the remaining strength of schedule, the Bucks have the easiest and the Steelers have the hardest. The Steelers are one and four with Pickett, and they can't run the football. Najee's banged up. They've got an undrafted guy who's going to be getting a lot of snaps. I just – all the injuries Blaine said, like it's it's rough going in Pittsburgh right now. How does Tom Brady finagle his way into these little tidbits during a season every damn year? Easiest so, schedule? I mean, come on. So it's many just, layups. Just uh, falls into his lap that Pittsburgh is – limping into it yeah and he's somehow found you know we talked about this last year but he somehow found his way into the worst division of football i mean it's ridiculous and speaking of the worst division of football the carolina panthers travel west to take on the los angeles rams the first game of the 305 slate um i'll start with the rams man i couldn't have been more right for my week four takeaway after their performance against dallas um Got absolutely boat raced there at home. That place looked like a Dallas Cowboys home game, um, and it was loud for the Rams. It was not a home game. Um, I seriously doubt there will be a lot of Panthers fans there um, to travel to watch this team after they fire their coach and are just really a dumpster fire at the end of the day. Um, fortunately for the Rams, this is a great bounce-back week for them. Um, I don't see how they don't bounce back, um, but – I. I don't love what I see from the Rams. Uh, they, if it's not Cooper Cup, it's literally nobody. It's Matt Stafford getting sacked. That's one thing. I mean, I know they lost Whitworth, but I did not realize that this offensive line was going to look this bad through five weeks. I mean, the Rams cannot protect Stafford at all. 
Um, that'll be Carolina's saving grace if they can get home and maybe cause some sort of havoc. But um, I, I, Rams minus 10 and a half at home, I love it. Uh, I know it's a lot of points, but this Carolina team is a shell of itself, Johnny. Yeah, no chance I bet the 10 and a half just because I don't trust the Rams right now, but they're going to win the game. The Panthers are in hell. Uh, my, my favorite play here is the under 41. Um, Carolina wow. is 20. Carolina is 24th in scoring, 18.6 points per game. Call it 19. Um, that's with Baker, and they've got P.J. Walker likely in this game, their backup. I mean, if P.J. was any good, he would be starting over Baker because Baker's been the worst quarterback in the league so far. So, um, And then the Rams actually are 29th in scoring. They're worse than Carolina at 16 points per game. So I love the under here. At 41, um, you know, on the, on the Panthers' side, you know, of course, Matt Rule got fired. I think they have a fire sale coming uh, soon with Carolina. You know, when you're in a full rebuild on these teams, the biggest asset that you can have uh, are draft picks. So that's, that's what you want to accumulate and collect. Um, they only have nine draft picks in Carolina over the next two years and only four in next year's draft. So players like DJ Moore, Brian Burns, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Brown, potentially Robbie Anderson, and maybe some other players are going to be on the trading block for this team going forward because they have got to accumulate picks. Um, and the solution there, you know, for Chiefs fans, maybe to look at, you know, I'd love a guy like DJ Moore or Brian Burns or Derek Brown on this team. Um, and the Chiefs have 12 draft picks next year. So the Chiefs have the solution for the problem on the Panthers. So I hope Brett Veach starts talking shop with uh, with Carolina. Um, that had nothing to do with this game, though. So, like I said, under is the call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's – P.J. Walker, XFL star, was it then, then in the Alliance, also played and didn't ever think that, you know, he'd be in an NFL game, but he has been. But when he has, I mean, he was really great at the secondary leagues, but he's been horrible in the NFL. Two touchdowns, eight picks. 50 quarterback rating and had a 15 last week when he um, was playing. It just, I, I, I can't, and a 10's huge, but I, I have a hard time going PJ Walker. And, and part of my mind too, when I was thinking about this game, I was like, teams are usually good after they fire their coach mid season. But I looked back only 15 and 17 against the spread. So that, that was not true. And I just don't think that uh, that locker room is in any kind of good shape. And I think the Rams might roll tens a lot. Go ahead and maybe throw it in a parlay for fun. But yeah. 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 Battle of the Birds in the Pacific Northwest. The Arizona Cardinals travel to take on NFC West rival, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago, the Seahawks uh, put this uh, idea in our head that they could be scrappy, could be decent. Um, and I kind of took that away last week. Now, I think I might be having to eat my words here, guys, because I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying that Seattle's good, but they seem to be able to be in any game. I mean, they beat the Lions. They, they can put up points. That's what I've been noticing. Freaking Geno Smith, they can put up points this offense can. I mean, they have good receivers. People forget that they have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And they got they got them going last week. Um I don't what's what's the line, Johnny, for the Seattle game? I've got uh, Arizona minus three. I love Seattle plus three at home. Tough place to play. Kyler just doesn't 
do it for me at all. Um, Turner's, I mean, and he's right. I mean, the, the, that is their franchise quarterback, but he's not a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. The, the money they're paying him um, is just flat out ridiculous. And when it comes down to it, like last week, they have a chance to beat Philadelphia. And the difference between guys like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray are the situational awareness aspects of playing quarterback. Kyler Murray slides down way too early. I mean, you got to put your body in the line for the first down there. I mean, I understand the slide, but it, it, it's too crucial of the game. You have to be able to take that hit and get the first down, and Patrick Mahomes does that. I'm not comparing those two, but that's just that's just what it is. Josh Allen does that. He gets the first down there. Um, with that being said, give me Seattle plus three at home. Um, I I kind of I kind of would mess around and bet a money line to be quite honest with you. Um, is it Johnny? No, it's Blaine. Blaine. No, you're good. Yeah, it is me. But Arizona is the weirdest team in football as far as it comes to home and away games. Arizona, I think, I think has won like 11 straight or something nuts on the road and lost like two of their last eight at home. I don't have the exact stat, but if you look it up, it's going to be pretty spot on to that. And Kyler Murray, I do have this stat in front of me, 17 and 6 against the spread on the road he just wins games away from home I don't know what it is I think Arizona is better than Seattle right now and I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take Arizona here I, I think they can um, put together a, a pretty good ball game I don't know if Seattle can be as good as they have been all year let's go Arizona um, I think this is a really fun game to bet um I will be going Seattle plus three. I was on Seattle last week and they had it there for a little bit, but the saints did some stuff and that call with Olave kind of fucked me on that bet, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to change it here. I like them plus three. I think cliff Kingsbury is the problem with this Arizona team. And I cannot wait for the in-season hard knocks to get a closer look at how he operates uh, behind closed doors, even though we won't see like the absolute truth um, but like Chandler, I think like Kyler going down like that, I think I think a lot of that has to do with the coach. I think a lot of the I think there's a lot of mistakes on the Arizona side. And, you know, if they don't have that miraculous comeback in overtime against the uh, Raiders, they they're, they only have one win like this is I just don't think this is a very good team. Um, Arizona is the only team in the league not to have scored yet in the first quarter, mm -hmm. you know, that that's unacceptable with an offensive mind air quotes as your head coach and Kyler. Um, yeah. It's, it's just gotta be better. And I saw this too today. I could not believe that Matt Amendola already got another chance. He missed the game, uh, game tying kick or yeah, I think time kick last that week game bad. bad. Um, you know, post game, Justin Pugh, one of their linemen, is, like, coming over, defending him to the media and stuff like that. And you know what Cliff did today and, and, and Steve Kahn did today? They signed him from the practice squad. Amendola's going to kick for them again this weekend in Seattle on the road? What, what blackmail does Matt <laughs> Amendola have on these teams? He's going to go kick in the windy conditions in Seattle? Like, dude, I just think it's a disaster, um, and I'm going to take Seattle here and look for them to try to get Kenneth Walker going. Rashad Penny was having a good season, but unfortunately, the injury bug got him again, which is the story of his career. Rashad Penny's out for the year. 
and they spent a high draft pick on Kenneth Walker, and he had a big run last week. So hopefully you got him on the waivers in fantasy. I mean, a lot of Chiefs fans listen to this podcast, and I, I, was, I was on vacation, but I was listening to NFL radio on my way back from the hike, and I, and I heard, Matty Amdol misses it to the game. And I, I was like, did I just hear that right? Like, what the hell, Matty Amdol? Makes no I, sense. I Googled it, looked it up. Sure enough, it was him, and I texted you two immediately, like, what the hell is going on? Go get a kicker from the MLS and put him out there, a soccer guy, and he'll be plenty better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hundred percent. I cannot. I, great point, John. I cannot believe he's still or you know getting another opportunity. Skipping forward to Sunday Night Football, Dallas at Philadelphia. Awesome matchup. Just has it has the makings of what could be a great Sunday Night Football game uh, between two very bitter rivals. Dallas playing well above expectations after their Week One start. Um, no Dak, Cooper Rush. We know the whole story. Um, and it's it's a it's a game of two storylines. It's a game of a team that's overachieving, and it's a game of a team that is living up to expectations that were put on them um, in the off season and early on this season so far. I think this game really comes down to how does Jalen Hurts handle this offense, or excuse me, handle this Dallas defense because it's nasty, guys. It's athletic. It's fast. It gets after the quarterback with Micah Parsons. We talk about him almost every week. Um, and can Jalen Hurts going up against a really good defense continue to perform at the same level that he's been doing all year? That will be the story, in my opinion, um, because I just don't know how much stock you can keep putting into Cooper Rush. Now, I will say this. If he messes around and lets Philadelphia's defense, who is very good, dictate how Dallas's offense has to operate and and if he leaves Dallas's defense on the field for too long, I think this Eagles team can can beat them pretty solidly. It's Eagles minus six on the road. I don't love that. I'm going to take Dallas plus six, but Philly to win, um, especially in a divisional game, divisional round on the road. I think that's a that that number is too high for me. Um, give me Dallas plus six, Philly to win. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I like Philly here too, uh, but I will get, I will have to eat some words here. Um, I've been very critical of Dallas. Uh, frankly, I, I just still think they stink, but they are winning games and uh, Cooper Rush looks serviceable and is doing a fine job They're You know, they're, they're structuring their offense. Cowherd made this point. I think it's really good. They're structuring their offense, right. To just put, Cooper Rush in a position to succeed, easy throws, facilitate the offense and have a strong running game and play really good defense. That's exactly what they did when Dak first came in the league. And when Dak started losing games is when he started to try to, you know, throw with some of these other really good quarterbacks and it just kind of got all messed up. So um, Dallas looks good. This is an awesome matchup, um, but I just like Philly here. Six is a weird number. I might try to manipulate that if I can or just take the money line. This Eagles crowd at home is going to be lit up. Um, Philadelphia is just doing well. You know, I, I haven't seen what the score is right now, but, of course, you know, tough to say because uh, the Cardinals were on the other side of it. But this Phillies team is doing well. The Eagles are undefeated. These fans are just having a great time right now. And I think that continues and they'll uh, improve to six and oh, wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. This is the Eagles schedule after this week, right? right. So let's say they go six and oh, 
They're home versus Pittsburgh, seven and zero. They're at Houston, eight and zero. They're home versus the Commanders, nine and zero. They're at Indianapolis, ten and zero. And then in Week Eleven, or you know, I don't know if they've had a bye, but the the next match that they would have is home versus Green Bay, and they could probably win that game too. I mean, you know. Probably not going to go undefeated, but those that's not like the best teams in the league I just rattled off. Philly's going to keep winning games, guys. That's nuts. I, their, their schedule, and that's a reason why we overlooked it at the start of the year, was their schedule is so, so, so easy. And this that's the weird thing about this game is this is the game that they could drop. Of all that you've seen over the last however many weeks, this is the game that you they could drop. The Cowboys have trounced. The Eagles on our last two matchups. Cowboys 51-26 last year, um, 41-21 the year before. I, you know, I, I, Cooper Rush, I don't want to bet on you, but Dan Quinn, gosh dang it, you've been so good over the last few years that it's been tremendous. He's the best coordinator in the NFL right now, and it's not even close. And I have a hard time betting against him for what he has done against Jalen Hurts. Uh, as a starter at Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts it just hasn't been good uh, against Dallas. Um, what do I do with this? I guess I got to bet the Eagles. I, everything I just <laughs> said is Cowboys, but it, the Eagles are better. I think the Cowboys are are not a true four and one team. Um, Eagles, I, I got to go Eagles at home in a big game. I think they win and continue to win. Wow. If anything, it's going to be a phenomenal NFC East Sunday night football uh, showdown for sure. It'll be good to watch. Monday night football, Denver Broncos go to the Los Angeles Chargers in an AFC West showdown. Don't know if showdown is the right word, but the Chargers could at least make it a showdown. Um, <laughs> man, Denver is bad. And and people probably that aren't Chiefs fans are like, oh, you know, Chiefs fans overreacting to how bad Denver is, but they are just flat out bad. The offense looks bad. I think their defense can be scrappy, but they're on the field the entire game. I mean, I feel like they they, they weren't on the field that much. You know what? Actually, no, I'm not going to say that. They were on the field a ton, even with the Colts going three and out. They still had to play three plays like every two minutes. I mean, Denver offense is just flat out terrible. No Javante Williams. They lost uh, Garrett Bowles in the uh, Thursday night matchup with the Colts. That's a huge loss. Um, Russell's always under pressure. Um, the recipe right now for Denver is not very good. And honestly, I think that Nathaniel Hackett could be a midseason fire if it doesn't turn around quickly. Um, I mean, I'm trying to find even something nice to say about Russ, and I really can't do it. On the Chargers side, they, I, they seem to be – a very confusing team. I cannot figure them out at all. Their roster is, I mean, they have some injuries, a little bangs and bruises here and there, but I mean, guys, for the majority, I don't know, really know that we can really say that anymore. I mean, I know they have Rashawn Slater out, but they're, they have their guys. Keenan Allen hasn't played, but like the Chargers aren't that good either right now. They're a weird spot. They should have lost a, a Cleveland, a missed field goal. Uh, if it goes in, they lose. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers here because they're the better team, but this could be a really shitty game. I I have to take the Chargers as well, Chandler. 
Russell Wilson, with the way he's played, and you talk about this shoulder injury, that is just huge concern, especially going to L.A. L.A. really kind of – I don't know how they beat the Browns last week. They should have lost that game. But this is a complete AFC West get-right spot for the Chargers. Denver might plummet. I love what you said about Hackett. I think that this could be an implosion of the Denver Broncos this week and chargers are just better at this point I, I don't have a ton to say i really want to see how it plays out because there's a lot of unknown between both of these teams it's so amazing that denver sucks i just love it it just tickles me i mean i i don't know if we've discussed this yet but like i despise denver i more than i don't dislike the raiders although it's close and certainly more than I dislike the Chargers, although those are, of course, the top three because they're in the division. But I love seeing Denver squirm. I love seeing their fans leave early uh, before, like, overtime even starts. I love how they've been on primetime so much. Like, it's been terrible viewing experience-wise, but I love that their fans are having to suffer in the limelight. And, uh, yeah, their coach just isn't it. And – it's an easy fix getting out from underneath Daniel Hackett. You just, I mean, you just fire him whenever you could fire him right now. After you could fire him after the game on, on Sun on Monday, but uh, you can't get away from Russ 242 million, five years, multiple draft picks. He is, you have brand new ownership in that paid four and a half billion with a B dollars for this franchise because they believed in Russ and he flat out stinks. I don't buy into this whole rotator cuff tear I think it's all bullshit. You know, Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football had an amazing, like a minute and a half, two minute speech about how much of a bitch Russ is, just thinks he's super famous, comes off as this big, you know, man of Christ, not making fun of that, but just making fun of the fact that Russ ain't what you think he is. And there is a reason Seattle was comfortable moving on with their franchise without Russell Wilson. He is not playing at an elite level, and he has not been playing at an elite level for a number of years now. And it just is so perfect uh, that he is on Denver. And I'm confident like in saying all that stuff. My words are not going to come back to bite me. They're not going to find you know some, you know, fountain of youth or newfound success midseason. this shit's already dead you can tell i knew this shit was dead the second week when they called in some retired old guy to help them like run the franchise because hackett already couldn't do it so um i'm all over the chargers here even though i'm not as impressed with them i think their coach sucks too i mean good lord did you guys see the fourth down this brandon staley went for at the end of the game it was totally pathetic I mean, infuriating. And I want, I want the chargers like to lose, you know, in that game, I had them minus one and a half, which ended up hitting, thank God. But if they would have made, if, if uh, Cleveland would have just made a kick, it wouldn't have hit. This guy is such a moron too. It's like Staley, Hackett, Kingsbury. Everyone's trying to find the McVeigh, the young guy who's going to be like the big instigator of change and do things in a youthful way a lot of the time these guys are just dipshits and uh this is a matchup of two dipshit coaches and i think the chargers dipshit coach comes out on top here wow i really like that johnny well said let's move we'll wrap up the show maybe the best 
game on the slate outside of Sunday Night Football, in my opinion. You take your Chiefs fandom out of it. Um, I think if you're a fan of the NFL, you're tuning into this game the entire time and maybe putting the other 305 games on your side TV. The Buffalo Bills return to a place that caused them pain a few months ago to Arrowhead Stadium and take on the Kansas City Chiefs um, in a 325 CBS showdown. I don't have any issue with this not being a night game. I actually kind of like that it's a day game. For some reason, it feels like it. For some reason, it feels like it helps the Chiefs more. I don't really think it does, but I'm going to convince myself of that because I know Johnny's not going to like to hear this, but whoo boy, am I nervous for this one. Um, you know, when you sit back and think about it, you want to win every single game, and that that holds true this week. But, man, this Buffalo team is looking really good. Um, I know they just got done playing Pittsburgh, and I already alluded to that, and that dumpster fire that the that the Steelers call themselves. But um, you still got to go out there and execute. You still got to do things to make yourself, you know, put up points. And when you look at this Chiefs defense, they gave up big plays on Monday night. And um, I know it wasn't very many. But in a game against a team that's far better than the Raiders, you can't let those plays happen. And you know that the Buffalo Bills are licking their chops, looking to make big plays. Gabe Davis has a lot of lot of success making big plays in this stadium. Um, so it's it's going to be an absolute dogfight. Chiefs are home underdogs, first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, correct? Do I have that correct? Um, and... It's it's going to take a monumental effort from the Chiefs again uh, in another week where it's just going to have to be another grind out. This is going to be a nail-biting game. Um, it, it's it's going to be awesome. I'm, of course, going to take the Chiefs. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth with the boys. Uh, Blaine, we'll start with you, I think, with your thoughts on this one. No, Johnny. Johnny, actually. Um, this is so awesome. And I try not to – get too emotionally invested and I know and that is not going to happen I'm going to be so emotionally invested what I'm I'm trying to say that it's week six both of these teams are going to be playing each other in January okay so like this is like just purely a bragging rights game until that matchup comes up again and the Bills had that last year, and I was crushed. I was very disappointed in the Chiefs' performance last year. Got their ass kicked at home. But, like, guys, I just don't think that's going to happen here. I just – I don't. I really don't. I, th- I, I, I buy into the whole Mahomes as an underdog stat, 7-0-1 against the spread as a dog. Um, this is the first time, like Chandler said, at home that he's a dog. On the Chiefs' side of things, they, they're looking like they're getting healthier. Reports are that McDuffie is going to be back. He was activated today. He now has 21 days for the team to add him to the active roster. So if they could get McDuffie back here, I think that would be huge. Trey Smith practiced fully today. It'll be good to get Trey Smith back on the offensive line. And Harrison Butker practiced today. Like, Thank God. I, I, I think getting Harrison back is just – I mean, that is massive. I, I really do believe Harrison's the second best kicker in the league. I think it's like Tucker in a league of his own. And then it's like Butker and Carlson from Vegas up there. Like the, Butker is legitimately that good. And hopefully they can get him back here because in this matchup, guys, it, like 
you need every point you can get. Like punting is such a big L in this game, and the the Bills don't punt very much. In fact, I think they punt the least amount in the entire league, and so you just got to find ways to get off the field, and it's going to be incredibly difficult. Josh Allen's freaking awesome. Mahomes, of course, is freaking awesome. And uh, I can't wait for this. And this is not a primetime game, right? 325, you'd think this would be a primetime game. Literally everyone in the country will be able to watch this game. You literally just can plug the TV into the wall if you have just the local channels and turn to CBS. Every person in the United States will have access to this game because the other games uh, at 3 o'clock are, are NFC games. So I'm I'm really pumped for this game, you guys. And have a little bit more to say, but don't want to take all of it. So, Blaine, go ahead. Yeah, we'll we'll continue on. But the one thing that I truly worry about, um, Rashad Fenton has a hamstring injury, did not practice. He's horrible in the first place. We I talked about it um, in the in the post game show that we did uh, that came out yesterday. Gabe Davis destroyed that guy and completely buckled him. Is Trent McDuffie playing this week? Because if he's not, we're in trouble. And Josh Allen is going to chuck the ball across the yard, and it's going to be a if we can't score, the Bills are going to. So, you know, looking at this, Chiefs wide receiving core against a new Bills D back core. You know, you got Johnson, Elam, Hamlin um, for the Bills secondary against the Chiefs new secondary. I think the Chiefs can put up a lot of points, but I also I think it's just reluctant that the Bills are going to score here, and it's going to be it's going to have to be a shootout. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to do what he has to do. And this offensive line has to be better than they were in the first half against the Raiders in order for the Chiefs to win this football game. Matchups, matchups, matchups. I know Arrowhead Magic it has its has its thing. You don't want to take the Bills favored in Arrowhead. You never want to take anybody in Arrowhead. But um, I, I just really struggle with what our secondary health is like right now. And I really hope McDuffie can play. Yeah, I think my key to the game really is is this Chiefs defense ability to bend and not break. Um, got to hold them out of the end zone. Um, got to force field goals because I really do think that they are going to try and could be successful a few times with us. I mean, this defense is nothing to, to joke about. I mean, they can flat get out to the passer. Um, so the, the Chandler's key to the game, guys, hold the Bills to field goals. You know they're going to get yards, but – Play insanely solid inside the 20 and do not give up the big play. Big play, huge in this game. Johnny? Yeah, because like the Bills are going to score. Yeah. So my key, Chandler, is I just want the Chiefs to start well. Like yeah. start, start fast. Like I think that's just massive. And a lot of the time with these Chiefs teams, like if they do start fast, like I was talking about, um, I talked about this before, but like if the Chiefs start off well and they're running the football and they're getting their, you know, they're executing, like they're just going to win the game. Like it's pretty much just over after the first drive or two. You can just tell, like, you know, that, that's that's just how it was in a lot of these wins. And when they play like they did early on against the Raiders, that's where it gets tricky. Like that's where, uh, you know, other things can happen. You can you can find yourself, you know, ways to lose the football game. So get off to a good start. The Bills can't really run the football either. Like these are just these are very similar teams. Yeah. Um, I honestly do believe the Chiefs are a more well balanced offense. Like that doesn't mean, you know, the Bills passing offense is so freaking awesome that it, it doesn't matter. It could just beat you. 
But I think the Chiefs, just when they're running their stuff right, have a more balanced offense. Chandler, your point about them being able to force field goals is is so huge because they have a good kicker too. I think his name's Bass. Um, Tyler. I mean, th- 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 this is just one of those games, guys, that it's just it- it's just how it's going to be every time, I think. Like, it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last or something like that, and that's why I just love the Chiefs plus three. Like, I think I- you're doing yourself no favors not putting money on the Chiefs here. I love your point, Johnny, about starting fast because, I mean, I'm I'm um, guilty of this too, of this too, and most of Chiefs Kingdom is as well. But the Patrick Mahomes come from behind stat is cool in theory, but it doesn't need to be that many games. I mean, that when when you look at games like this, this is where those losses are at because you're playing teams that don't allow for you to come back. I understand what we did in the playoffs against them with 13 seconds and everything, but if you just, the more you put yourself in these situations, the harder it is week in and week out. And it just doesn't need that. Whether regardless of if we win or lose this football game, get out and start fast, start doing that more and more and more and quit digging yourself a hole. I, I just hate that. I know that it somehow weirdly seems that Mahomes plays better when he's down, but I just freaking hate it. I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> and I love it at the same time. It doesn't make sense, Blaine. Yeah, Spags has to dial it up early because the Bills really do have a great point, Johnny. And it's one that I was going to make. The Bills have a problem rushing the football. I mean, they have for a couple of years. And if you're able to somewhat, um, you know, with the corner blitz or with some things up front or Chris Jones have a big sack early and make take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands and make them rush the ball with success. You know, maybe maybe drop six, drop seven and see what you can do. You got to do something different here and you got to throw something at the Bills because if if Josh Allen can sit back there, the Chiefs aren't going to win this football game. And, you know, as much as it hurts me to say, I'd no, actually, you know what? I think I think Spags can do it here. I think Spags can do it. Bills have have scored tremendously over the last two times they've played. The one time that the that we limited the Bills was in a rain fest at Buffalo. Yeah. So you got to you got to do something different. You you got to be creative. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. It's, it's a, to piggyback off of you, uh, real quick. Don't let the Bills run. You know, I can't like no. take it away. They can't do it, so don't even let them try to, like, get confidence and do it because if they can, they're going to. So make sure you secure that and then pray like – now, you don't have to pray, but you got to dial up coverages. you got to mix it up. you got to bring blitzes and get after them in the pass. Keep them behind the chains. I think that is crucial, Johnny. Yeah, guys, it's, it's going to be so much fun. Like, I, I, I want to say one – you know, you guys are – aware how positive I am about the Chiefs like I try to look at things because I just I can't mentally take just thinking negatively about a game all week like (laughs) like I just can't do it like I just I I I really believe it's going to be an amazing game I believe the Chiefs are going to win I love them at plus three here's the one thing where I'm 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 like shit is yes the Bills struggle running the football they love running the football with Josh Allen, even though, you know, long-term for their football team, I think that's a bad strategy. I, some of these hits Josh takes are ridiculous. And maybe right now he's able to get up and dust himself off and be fine. But that shit adds up over time. 
And so, like, I know Bills fans probably think that stuff too, but there are going to be times where Josh is going to take a ball on a designed run on a third and short, and he's going to get it. And it's going to drive me crazy because Willie Gay got a stupid yep. fucking four game suspension way too much. And he's not playing in this game. And Willie Gay is a great, a great player to have on the field against Josh Allen. And, um, you know, I'm sure Nick Bolton will have some good plays against Josh, but when you could have both, when you could have both of them out there, that's should where this gets both. really frustrating. When you should have both of them out there, that's where it gets really frustrating, Blaine. Yeah, that, the next thing I had circled. I mean, we're on the exact same picture. My my huge point, Darius Harris circled. I mean, I circled it to where the ink. I have a a point what four lead. It went to a point seven lead. I mean, I'm just hammering a circle on Darius Harris. He's got to be huge. He has been good, which is awesome. I mean, ten tackles last week. You you see a lot of what he can do. But I mean, you got to be phenomenal. You, you may spy him. You've seen Josh Allen run on. Third and seven coverage does a good job, and he leaks out in a big first down, and here they go again. That's what keeps them alive. Our linebackers have to be great in containing Josh Allen. Hit him. Um, hit him as often as you can, and and that's a, a just the key to the game for me. Yep. Awesome. Good Chiefs talk. Anybody got any final points they want to make? I'll be at the game. Ooh. Oh, wow. It's going to be lit. Yeah, I just found out today that I'm going to the game. Um one of my buddies who he works, he's an accountant and his company has a suite and I'm going to the game in a suite. I literally oh am not going to be, I mean, I'm not going to be able to sleep. No, I've never be been to a suite at the chiefs. So I've never done it. What do you, I, I have one final thing here, just across Kansas city. I felt like the Raiders game before this, it hasn't been, when I saw this game earlier in the year, I'm like, of course, this is the biggest game of the year, but has this Raiders game took a little bit of steam out of I don't want to say the fandom but is it a little bit less than you would thought it would be right now of of the hype around this game I think I think it has everything to do with Johnny's point that he yeah. started out this I started this out with I mean these two teams are going to see each other again right so it really is just kind of like for bragging rights like it really kind of I know it's the bills but it really does just feel like another game and maybe the Chiefs play with that mindset and makes them play a little looser and a little bit freer um, because I mean we've already had I don't you can't have a more epic game with a team until you get back to that same position than the one we had in the divisional round with Buffalo there's just like I, I mean unless this game even even if the game on Sunday is that crazy, like it just doesn't really necessarily like live up to the same expectations. And I think I think that's kind of rubbing off, at least on me. I don't know, John. Would do you agree? Disagree? I think yeah, oh, I agree. Uh, the media wants the Bills to win, so they have some more ammunition to try to drive their content and and, and you know how Mahomes and Allen, even though you know. Mahomes has sent his ass home two years in a row and the Chiefs have a better offense than the Bills, you know, scoring wise right now, even though Tyreek Hill's gone, like all this, you know, it's just the media wants the Bills to win. Um, I believe, and this is why I get on your guys' case all the time, there are Chiefs fans who are going to be scared. I don't mind when you use the word nervous, Chandler. It's when you and Blaine say I'm scared about this that it pisses me off. So, I mean, that word makes me so mad. We are not scared of fucking anything. It's, it, I know we all are emotionally invested and we, 
the three of us are sickos because we 100% define our self-worth off of the successes and failures of the Kansas City Chiefs, whom we have a zero control over. Like, we are sickos for that, and, and that's just the way it is. But we are not scared of anything. We are not scared of the Bills. The Chiefs are going to make the playoffs, and the Chiefs are likely going to see the Bills again. That is going to factor into a lot of this because a lot of fans are like, oh, I don't want to go to the game. They might lose. And that's just such a loser's mentality to have. And this game is going to be sick. I can't wait for it. And it's it should be pretty good, like, fall weather, too, like 60s. So I'm pumped for that. Yeah, that'd be great. And one last thing I had here was that obviously you say, Pat, 7-0-1 as dog is is awesome. But Andy Reid has hit the over. I, I think this was that 16 times as a dog. Two times he did not hit it as a dog. So he's going to draw up some things. Whenever he's at a deficit or has a game where he knows that he has some trouble, he schemes and throws some things at opponents to where that over is going to hit for the Chiefs are going to score. And I believe in Andy Reid in this offense to throw some things at the Bills and and create in order to keep it close. If it's, you know, if it's not, it's not going to get out of hand. I'm fine with drawing new stuff up, but I swear to God, if we have a funky formation <laughs> and Travis Kelsey is is a part of that formation or lined up off tackle, uh, off the line of scrimmage, and we run another shovel pass and it goes for one yard, I'm going to lose my mind. But we won't, hopefully we won't see that. Chiefs primed for an awesome win. Like Johnny said, it would love, would love to show it up to media. Um, with a huge win on Sunday at 325. Johnny, I think it's a great time to wrap up the show, maybe with a final thought, if you will. Take it away, yeah, brother. It's, a, it's the same one. It's, it's, it's so awesome that we had this opportunity. Uh, this Friday, Chandler, Blaine, and I will be doing a live Figure It Out podcast uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. on 96.9 The Jock here in Springfield. And really, um, I had a meeting today uh, with the radio crew. Haven't even told you guys this, but this is that's just the plan going forward right now. So indefinitely until the legendary Art Haynes is back in good health, the three of us, uh, when available, you know, at, at least some collection of the three of us will be hosting live radio here in Springfield on the Jock on Fridays again from four to six, um, and that's uh, you can listen live on nine six nine thejockcom and uh, if you miss it, you can go on Spotify and search Sports Talk with Art Haynes, and it'll show up, and you can always catch us after the fact if you miss it live. Should be fun, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, it's been awesome so far. Two weeks. We'll get Blaine back with us this week as well, so it should be a great show. Been having a lot of fun doing that. Awesome episode tonight, NFL Week 6. Um, right around the corner starts tomorrow night. Um, actually, tonight when you listen to this. Um, Blaine, Johnny, really appreciate you guys joining me as always. Talk to you boys on Friday live. Jock 96.9 in Springfield. The Jock or 96.9 thejock.com, I believe, if you're out of market. Right. Um, awesome, boys. Talk to you later. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Good stuff.